Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I pray there is a large margin of victory tonight. Because I personally do not want to see a long, drawn-out, post-election media nightmare. Now, I voted for Donald Trump. I hope he wins. But if the other side wins, I hope it's a large enough margin of victory that it's over tonight. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Democrats' early voting lead in Florida has evaporated in the first few hours of Election Day voting. Just came out minutes ago from the Washington Examiner. Republican voters have already taken out a significant chunk of the Democrat early voting lead just a few hours into Election Day voting. Flash. Republican in Florida outvoted Democrats by 20,000 votes as of 7.20 a.m. And the panhandle isn't even open yet. Flash. Republicans already outvoting Dems 2.5 to 1 in Pinellas today after being slightly outvoted by them in early voting period, Ruffini said. Flash. My friends, it's not over yet. In fact, the fight has just begun. So again, to repeat, Democrats' early voting lead in Florida has evaporated in the first few hours of Election Day voting. Apparently, the silent majority is coming out in droves. Now, we don't know whether this Election Day wave of Trump voters will be enough to push Trump over the top in his re-election bid, but we will see by tonight. There's another little teeny thing out there in New Hampshire again. I still don't know why New Hampshire is referenced as the bellwether of the election in this nation. It's a marginal state in terms of numbers, very nice people generally, but it's a small state. It's not 1814. Trump leads after New Hampshire villages announced first U.S. election results. He got a total lead of six votes <laughs> over Democratic nominee Joe Biden after the first votes of 2020 president were reported in two small New Hampshire villages. All right, so the question, well, why do they even tell us about New Hampshire? Well, they go to Millsfield, 16 to 5 margin, Trump won. By a midnight, a midnight vote, he won 16 to 5 in a little village, in this tiny village. And 
Biden had a five to zero victory in nearby Dixville Notch. Now, why do you care about little towns in New Hampshire? Well, because Trump's Millsfield, New Hampshire win echoed the 16 votes he received in the village in 2016 with former Secretary of Hate Hillary Clinton receiving only four votes and Senator Bernie Carl Mark Sanders getting a single vote. Clinton won the 2016 Dixville Notch vote getting, oh, I don't care. Who cares about New Hampshire? I was there once, a bunch of crackers. Now, what if Trump is a one-term U.S. president? It could happen. Would it be the end of the world? Well, who knows? We worry about Kamala Harris because she comes out of the corrupt San Francisco machine. That's very, very worrisome. And if you like bums crapping in your mailbox, you're going to love Kamala Harris uh, in the vice presidency and then the presidency. Because it's her values, by the way, that permitted this to happen. Never forget, she's a, a senator from California. And what has she done to prevent this rise of illegal aliens, this rise of homelessness? Nothing. And yet they're all excited about Kamala Harris. Okay, so will it happen? Or will she revert to her mainstream centrist Democrat roots, which is what she always was? Uh, and will the power structure of the Democrat Party rein her in and tell her what to do? Probably. See, here's the thing about the American political landscape that I think we should all remember. No matter how dire both sides are saying the outcome will be, and you, you pretty much know where I stand on it, but let's step back now. Let's move away from Brobbingdang together. Let's take a deep breath and go up to 12,000 feet and get some clear air, and let's look down upon America. Both parties are ruled by fundamentally the same money. It's the same money behind both parties. This is like a giant hedge fund. And most of the big money in the country puts their money on both sides, maybe a little bit more on one side than the other. And it's the big money that has and the big money that will control the outcome of this country. It's that simple. So what can I say to you? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So again, to repeat, early voting results in Florida of the Democrats' lead has dropped in the first few hours, according to what's going on. There are surges of Republicans coming to the polls, which we, of course, predicted would happen because the silent majority is never interviewed by Jake Crapper. When have you last seen the silent majority interviewed by Wolf Spritzer or Jake Crapper? When have you last seen anyone of the silent majority on, on Bill Matza's show on HBO? Never. When has Wolf Spritzer, Rachel Madcow, Bill Matza, or Jake Crapper ever interviewed somebody from the silent majority? Never. They tell us we're all deplorables. They say that we're all uh, Nazis. We're all members of the Ku Klux Klan to these people. And that's because liberalism is a mental disorder. If you lived in Wolf Spritzer's head, you would go to sleep with such paranoia every night that a militia is about to break your door down and take you out and shoot you in the field, God forbid. It's the same with Jay Crapper. These people live in constant fear of an unknown enemy called the white male. It's shocking since allegedly they're white males themselves. But nevertheless, here we are, one-term U.S. presidents. Let's pray it doesn't happen again. But if it did happen, would it be the end of the world? There have been several one-term U.S. presidents, uh, and the world went on anyway. John Adams, Benjamin Harrison, William Taft, Herbert Hoover, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush were all one-term U.S. presidents. Now, why did Bush lose? Let's go back to the first one-term president. I mean, the, the most recent, excuse me. Why did he lose? Why did George H.W. Bush lose and become a one-termer? Here is what Bush said, and I'm quoting him. 
despite unprecedented popularity from this military and diplomatic triumph, Bush was unable to withstand discontent at home from a faltering economy, rising violence in inner cities, uh uh-huh, here we go again, and continued high deficit spending. Sound familiar? NAFTA was also a huge issue, and Ross Perot, remember him, was on an anti-NAFTA platform and garnered nearly 19% of the vote. So Ross Perot, remember him? He ran as a third-party candidate, and he was so folksy and homey, but he was a, um, how shall I say it? He sucked votes away from Bush to his camp, Ross Perot, and that's what cost him the election. I always thought, and I even wrote it at the time, that Ross Perot ran for the Democrats. He specifically ran for the Democrats to suck votes away from Bush. Why would he do that? I'm going to go back for a minute just to show you how politics works in this country. And this is one man's opinion. I can't prove it. It's all analysis, just simply analysis. And my mind works pretty well. And I remember the time that Ross Perot ran. And he picked up the hood of the car. And he says, well, I look down at that hood and that engine's faltering. And I can fix that engine. Oh, he was so homey. He was wonderful. Everyone loved Ross Perot. So he took 90% of the vote, 19, mainly all Bush voters. And Bush lost, right? So why would I say Ross Perot ran for the Democrats? Because I did some investigation. I went behind the scenes. Ross Perot had a data analysis company, and I forget the name of it, that worked for the gov- for the federal government. Most of their contracts came from the federal government. And I think it was processing welfare checks or something like that. So, of course, he wanted the Democrats to win. Do you understand? So he ran as a, a folksy kind of conservative type to suck the votes away from Bush. That, that was my analysis. So the, the last one next to Bush, who was a one-termer, which was Jimmy Carter. You say, Jimmy Carter, what do you think of? Eh, you think of a flop, a failure. But why did Carter lose? Well, his own biography blames several factors for Carter's defeat, not the least of which was the hostage-taking of U.S. Embassy staff in Iran, which dominated the news during the last 14 months of Carter's administration, Okay. And the consequences of Iran's holding Americans captive, together with continuing inflation at home, contributed to Carter's defeat in 1980. So there always are reasons that an incumbent will lose. And I'll have to repeat for you right now what I have said for six months now, because I have to be fair to myself and fair to my audience. And what I said was, whenever there's a large national problem, the incumbent always gets blamed. Rightly or wrongly, the incumbent gets blamed for the problem. And of course, they're blaming Trump for the COVID epidemic, which is completely false. It's a complete false allegation, completely false allegation. But it's been pushed by the vermin in the media now so that it became the truth. Like Goebbels taught us, like Goebbels taught the Democrats in specific terms, if you repeat a big lie often enough, it will become the truth. So when Nancy Pelosi studied with Goebbels by reading his books and pamphlets, no doubt, while eating her ice cream, and she consulted with Wolf Spritzer, Bill Matza, Jay Crapper, and the others on the illegitimate media side, they decided that we're going to magnify the big lie that Trump is the reason so many Americans got COVID and died, and we'll hammer it right to the election, and the morons will believe us. You get that? Yeah, well, that's the way it works. Now, there are some other stories I want to touch on today that have little to do with the election in some ways and maybe to do with the election in other ways. We heard last week that the conservative news mogul, Matt Drudge, had a hit in web traffic because he turned on Trump. 
It's false. And it was put out by a guy, I think Dan Bong put it out, who works with the, uh, uh, the cartel, the media cartel out of the Ozarks. The Ozark media cartel used their new stooge, Dan Bong, to put this lie out that Drudge's traffic collapsed. It turns out it's false. And in a rare statement, in a rare statement, Drudge said he's in a fight with Trump. And Drudge refuted Trump's Saturday claim the traffic to his website has plummeted. Here is what Drudge said in an email to CNN, and Matt does not really talk to the media at all. He said, the past 30 days has been the most eyeballs in Drudge Report's 26-year history. Drudge said in an email to CNN, heartbreaking that it has been under such tragic circumstances. Now, this is the most influential conservative news website. Now, you say, well, he's not conservative. He's been attacking uh, Trump. Let's put that aside for a minute. We know that he turned on Trump in the last few months. No one knows why this happened. I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't any idea. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, I'm a pretty straightforward guy. Remember, my show is not a confessional. My show is an infotainment show. I try to inform you. I try to entertain you. I try to bring you in some history and all of the things that I happen to love. But the fact is, is that I try to be pretty clear with you about what I'm thinking and what I know. I consider Matt Drudge a friend of mine. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I consider him a friend of mine and a friend of my family. And I've asked him why, and he laughs. He, he won't tell me why, and, and I don't push it any further than that. But the fact is, is that he, tr- he supported what he said uh, in terms of his numbers. And if you look at the page view data, page view data that is reported, data from Quantcast, for example. What's Quantcast? It's a web analytics firm. It showed that the Drudge Report had 201 million visits in November 2016. Listen to that number. 201 million visits in November 16, a high traffic month, given it was the climax of the 2016 presidential election. In the last 30 days, now remember that was November 2016, in the last 30 days, the Drudge Report has received 228 million visits, according to Quantcast. So it's gone up from last year, last November to this November. And so I don't think you should believe what the, uh, how shall I put it in a pleasant way, the lie that was put out by Dan Bong, apparently. Dan Bong, who is working at the behest of the squeaky lawyer, who works at the behest of the media cartel that operates out of the Ozarks, uh, wanted to smear Drudge. I'll be right back. Have a nice day. Savage. I hear we're doing very well in Florida. We're doing very well in Arizona. We're doing incredibly well in Texas. Uh, We're doing, I think we're doing, I'm hearing we're doing well all over. I hear the lines are amazing. The lines have been amazing. And I think we're going to have a great night. We're going to have a great night. And we're going to have much more importantly, we're going to have a great four years. Well, we hope so, but we don't know, do we? None of us really know. We don't really know. We're all guessing. Anyone who tells you they know is making it up. Now, we know that Harris is biding her time. That we know. She's just biding her time for the day that he goes off to the old age home. They give him a nice chair with a blanket on it and a warm drink to sit and stare out at the sunset every night. And then the San Francisco machine that destroyed this once beautiful city and the state itself will now be running America. That's the nightmare I have. 
about. It's not so so much Democrat. I could live with a conservative, patriotic Democrat. There are none. There is not a single conservative, patriotic Democrat that I have seen. They have become so far to the left that they're not even a party of America anymore. That's it's as simple as that. You see, I could say, well, give me a conservative Democrat, someone who served in the military. There are none. I haven't seen one. Every one of them hates America. So we have no choice. It's Trump or bust. It's <laughs> that simple. Here are the celebrities who have vowed to leave the U.S. should Trump win. I shouldn't even read their names because they didn't leave last time. Are you kidding me? I mean, I love it. How many celebrities can there be in the world? Every time you open up one of these tabloids, there's another one you never heard of. Posing with her breasts out, the other one with the abs. Every minute there's another celebrity. You know, it must be difficult to be a minor celebrity on Instagram who has no money living in some seedy claptrap garbage apartment somewhere in the outskirts of Los Angeles near the, I would say, oh, on the road to the Burbank Airport. There's a lot of seedy uh, apartments out there. Living in some seedy apartment and making believe they're a hotshot celebrity trying to get into the Daily Mail by showing their abs or their breasts. It must be a horrible job uh, to be one of them. But every, how, do, how do you live as a, how do you, when you're a celebrity, you wake up in the morning and say, what do I have to do to get in the newspaper? If the show my behind, my abs, it's a sick world we live in. Let's take some calls. Oh, by the way, yes, calls. Even if you're listening to me online, you can call 855-407-282. This is an historic day. If you're listening to the Savage Nation on the stream, this will be the last election day show you will ever hear on the broadcast airwaves. All of my shows in the future will be by podcast only so far as I can tell at this time. And even that is dependent upon your uh, visiting my podcast. Because if I don't get the numbers that I think I'm going to get, I'm going to leave altogether. I'll pull a Johnny Carson. You'll never hear from me again. So the phone number is 855-407-282. I'll let the audience determine. Right now we have hundreds of thousands of downloads a day on my podcast and there's a lot of excitement going into a straight podcast starting in January. The estimate that will double or triple when I'm no longer heard on radio stations because of the Ozark media cartel. And we'll see. And I'll tell you by my birthday, God willing, it's up to God, March 31st, 2021, whether or not I will be heard after that. But let's get back to the election today. Savage. Break the record. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. Stop. Robert, that's it. I'm sorry. That that's an unallowed song of Biden wins, because how can you say a white sport coat without implying that there's some kind of I can't explain it. White supremacist nature of the white sport coat. Why would you say a white sport coat song like that shouldn't be played anymore in in a year's uh, Biden victory? It has to be something else. Robert, stop. I'm having a good time. I was born for uh, stress. <laughs> the longer I live and the more I try to avoid conflict and stress, the more I realize I was built for it. I don't think I'm by, by nature I like stress. I think I was a very calm, a very, very calm, inquisitive child. But as I became older, I realized in my, in my years that life is stressful and you can't avoid it. And the greatest stress is trying to avoid stress. You look at the people who most try to avoid stress, they're usually the most screwed up people in the world. You can't avoid it. It's like life itself. You know, I, I'm an observer of nature. 
of animal life, of plant life. You know, you go in a garden and you see one plant competing with another just for light. They're all phototropic. So they're all reaching for the light. So you have a plant here and another one tries to literally steal the light from the other plant. The same way the Ozark media cartel has tried to cast a shadow over me and steal my money by pushing me out of the garden. This is the way of, this is the way of nature. I understand this. And in the end, everyone gets knocked out of the box, no matter what, who they are whether it's by uh, chance, by disease, or by competition. Nobody, nobody is immune from the laws of nature. So I enjoy this right now. I enjoy my career, and I hope that the podcasting career per se will give me what I want, which is much less emotional strain, more peace and quiet, and the ability to focus uh, for longer periods of time with ideas, because sometimes I get rolling on an idea, as you know if you listen to me. And I'd like to go for another 10, 15 minutes, and I can't, owing to the nature of talk radio, which is great. It's been very good to me this quarter of a century. This is my last major career, by the way. Remember, I've had other careers, unlike others in the media who had no other careers. You have a failed lawyer who couldn't get into the law profession, and he listened to me for years, copied everything I did. You had another lawyer who worked for a syndicator and sued everybody who worked for the syndicator who now makes believe he's a conservative, the one who sounds like Mickey Mouse and Laughing Gas. Most of them, had, most of them uh, had no careers whatsoever. I've had several very interesting careers, and, and they're part of my life to this day. Now, I don't want to make it about me any more than I normally do, but I may make it more about me than ever because the truth is it's always about the host. No matter what the host says, oh, it shouldn't be about me, it's always about the host. Talk radio, if talk radio is one thing, never forget what... Professor Savage, the professor of the airwaves, is about to tell you it's always about the host, and it's always about that host's ability to connect with the audience. So if I'm here talking with you about the election today, of course I'm going to insert myself into the picture. Otherwise, what, you may as well turn a computer on and listen to it. So, yeah, uh, what am I feeling today? I'm calm. I, I feel like I'm in the eye of the hurricane. I feel like I'm flying into a hurricane and I'm in the middle of the hurricane, like in the eye of the storm. And I know there's a storm all around me, but I don't feel it. I feel like I'm in a gigantic bomber and I've entered the, the eye of the hurricane. And I know when I come out of the eye of the hurricane, it's going to be hell to pay. And that is why I say, I pray to God that whoever wins tonight, and of course, you know who I hope it is. I hope it's Donald Trump. But I hope whoever wins is by a large enough margin of victory that it's over tonight. I do not want to live through a long, drawn-out post-election media nightmare. The only people who will benefit from, benefit from that will be those in the media themselves who are praying we will have a post-election media nightmare so you keep listening and looking at them. I don't. And, you know, truth be told, I think every host on the air should tell you who they voted for. I voted for Trump. I told you that. My book, Our Fight for America, was basically about Donald Trump. Do you know that the title of that book was originally Trump's Fight for America? I never told you that. Or maybe I hinted at it once. And then somewhere last January, February, when I was really deeply in writing the book, I said, I've got to make it bigger than about one man. But it really is our fight for America, but that's Trump's fight for America. Because of the two candidates, he's more on the side of American values, borders, language, and culture. Let me give you an example if you say that's just hyperbole. Let's look at the border. Here's a headline from Newsmax. House Dems ask to open border despite COVID rise. A number of Democrat lawmakers called on the Trump administration Monday to stop the expulsion of unaccompanied children 
and other asylum seekers at the U.S. border using emergency powers granted during the coronavirus pandemic. So even though common sense would dictate you slam the border shut to immigrants and asylum seekers, especially during a time of COVID, that would make, wouldn't that be common sense? Not to the Democrats. Because to them, their agenda of making sure that there are more third worlders who don't understand the language in the country than ever, so they can use them in all the ways they're using them right now to vote, to uh, pack the welfare system. How in the world could they do a thing like this, want open borders, when we see what just happened in Vienna yesterday? Didn't even make the news. I was asking myself, why was that not bigger news? of another Muslim, another asylum seeker who goes bonkers, who planned this all along, who faked the idiots in Austria. They had him on a watch list. He said he was reformed. He went to class on reform, that he became a good Austrian citizen. It wasn't the white conservative nationalist who went on a rampage. That's why, I'm sorry to tell you, Wolf Spritzer didn't cover it. That's why Rachel Madcow, Bill Matza, and Jay Crapper didn't cover it. It's because it didn't fit the narrative of the illegitimate left. The assailant, the man who shot people dead in cold blood, was an asylee who believed in Allah, who was screaming Allah Akbar as he killed people and shot them dead in the streets. So therefore, it wasn't a story to Bill Matza on HBO. How else can he deceive people, making them think that he's this or that? Okay, so there it is. That's all. That's the whole story. Now let's take some callers. That's all. I, do I want to take callers? I, I'm, I'm kind of high right now on the show. I, I'm almost giddy from it. I feel like there's helium in my brain from the fact that for almost a year now, we've been waiting for this day. Since, how long have we been waiting for this day? I woke up this morning at 5.30 as usual, and I felt like a child with a set of electric trains that I was going to play with underneath the, uh, the Christmas tree, so to speak. I couldn't wait to get up and you know, turn the heat on in the house. It's very cold here now in the San Francisco area in the mornings. Hot after beautiful weather, late October. Greatest weather on earth. You know, early November, late October, our Indian summer. Beautiful. Burning hot afternoons and cold mornings. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Supposed to snow up in the Sierras this Friday for a snowstorm. I was thinking of going, but I don't really want to go anywhere. I just want to stay put and do my show this week. And as you know, I've been doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because I'm healing and recovering. And now this week I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, God willing, because it's a very big week. We don't know what's going to happen. We'll all watch tonight. So tonight I think I'm going to go on um, Twitter, and they have a, um, a thing there called, what do you call that stuff, Periscope, where you can go on live. I think I'm going to do a Periscope tonight. And I even tweeted that three hours ago. I said, election show today plus Periscope tonight. Once we know the winner, and we won't know the winner really, and I hope we do, by 8 o'clock tonight Pacific time. Of course, I hope it's another upset victory. Now, I remember four years ago to the day where I was, I had put on a party for 40 friends at the university club in San Francisco. It was beautiful, and we thought Trump was going to lose. Nobody at that party, and they're all Trump supporters, thought that Trump would win. We were all there. We had four or five big screen TVs. I had, I catered it. The club did great food, a buffet. It was gorgeous. We were overlooking the city. Uh, Powell Street on one street's Powell. The other street is um, California. I love the sound of the cable cars under the windows. It's across the Fairmont. It's in an old 1880s building. I just, I like antique stuff. So there we were, election eve. 
we weren't there in defeat, but we were there to be together and have solidarity should Trump not win. And God forbid we had the, uh, the creature called Hillary win. And then all of a sudden it started to happen and the miracle occurred. And we all went home saying this, this is, doesn't even look real as he took one state after the other. I am not doing a party tonight for a couple of reasons. One, COVID. You don't do parties right now. So I'm not, I'm not doing parties. That's number one. Number two, I'm sick and tired of putting on parties and having no res- reciprocity. It's okay to have people eat your buffet and you know, drink your wine. I, it's enough already. I'm tired of it. Let someone throw a party and invite me to it so I could say I'm too busy and I won't go. So I'm not doing a party tonight. Uh, here's exactly what I'm going to do, God willing. Show is over. I may go out on the boat for an hour, you know, get some air. Sun falls like crazy, 4.30 dark already because of daylight uh, savings time. So it's cold, dark, 4.30. Then I got to come home and face the music like everyone else. Polls still won't be closed. So what am I going to do? Turn on the TV like a schmendrick. Watch the numbers, not, you know, the flashing numbers from uh, all of them, the, the, the flashing eyes. You get petite mal epilepsy watch, watching uh, Fox News, the flash, every minute a flash. It could provoke an epileptic attack. So I don't know if I'm going to even watch the news. What I'm probably going to do is get takeout. The only question in my mind, second to who wins, is whether I'm going to have Chinese or Italian tonight. Really, nothing else is on my mind. I'm trying to decide which restaurant I want to get takeout from. It's almost as important as whether Biden or Trump wins. At the end of the day, I'm very much like a product like my mother. I would call her, I'd call my mother in the senior home she was living in in Florida. We'd have conversations on the air, on the phone. And inevitably, it came down to Chinese or Italian food. <laughs> It was, it was amazing. You know, I, as we get older, somehow we become like one of our parents. Don't you think so, Jim? Well, you're too young. You're only 75. You wouldn't know. I'm joking. Jim's, Jim's in his 40s. But, you know, it does come down to a meal. I knew a guy. You got to hear this. Then I'll go back. I, I swear I'll get back to Trump and uh, saluting Trump in a minute. Please give me a second if I'm being disloyal and not getting on my hands and knees and braying yet. But uh, I knew a guy in England. I could not mention his name. He's, he's passed. He's a wonderful, was a wonderful man. Very, very prominent man in his own field. And he supported my research on Alzheimer's disease, oh, so many years ago. God, if I'm in Radio 26, you're talking 35 years ago. It, I can't believe it that much time passed. So at the time, I was the head of the Alzheimer's Research Research Institute. No one knows this. You don't hear about this in the media. You wouldn't hear it from Squeaky the uh, Shyster. You wouldn't hear it from uh, Mickey Mouse and Laughing Gas. But I will tell you, at the time, I was the head of the Alzheimer's Research Institute. I was fascinated by uh, the disease, what could be done to, uh, let us say, stave it off or prevent it entirely, what could be done to reverse. This is the field I was very interested in. And I couldn't get any money to fund my research because I was interested in nutrition and vitamins as a potential treatment way before the leaders in the field were interested in antioxidants. I was writing a book on it, by the way. I think I even have a book here somewhere on the subject. You know, I, I, I think, I study, and then I write a book. And it was about Alzheimer's disease. So this gentleman in England became fascinated by my work. He had come out here, and, and he, started, he, he started supporting my research. Well, as time went on, he himself, I knew him a long time, he got, he got sick. And he told me that as he got older, and this man was one of the most intelligent people I'd ever met on the planet. And he was a phenomenal businessman, you know, one of the best. Made his fortune all on his own. Didn't take it from anyone. He'd been in the highest realms of society. 
He told me that as he got older, he said he would travel from England to France if he heard a new restaurant that opened somewhere in France. That's what he lived for, for food at the end of his life. That's what he told me. He said he lived for a good meal. I said, okay, I don't think I'm going to ever get there. I, it's not like I live for my meals, but there is something to be said for that. Eating well is the best revenge, Jim. Would you agree with that? No. I would say watching a good uh, crime drama on Netflix is close to a good meal. Right now I'm obsessed with a show called Sabura. It's season three opened up the other day. Oh, my gosh, the best crime drama ever made. I mean, if you like gritty, dark, horrible, not fake, not fake uh, gangster dramas like they do here in America, that stuff is just dreck compared to this. This is so good. What I particularly like about Sabura, I, I'm getting off the track, I know. Please, give me, please forgive me. I promise I will worship Trump in another minute or two. But let me get back to what I was saying just for a minute. I know I'm very distracted right now, distracting. I know you would rather hear Wallbanger get on his hands and knees and bray and lick his boots. But okay, that's the way it is. So I'm watching a show called Sabura. I saw seasons one and two, and I stumbled upon it the other night, season three of Sabura, this Italian mafia crime drama. Do you know what I like most about it? Most of you don't get Netflix, and you, you, I know I'm not supposed to like it because of various reasons, but I do like it. So it's about the... Two gangs in Italy, in Rome, in Rome now, Rome. One of them is the Gypsy Clan, and the other is the Italian Mafia Clan, and they're in, in competition with each other over a corrupt land deal, which the Vatican is deeply involved with. The cardinals are corrupt. The priests are corrupt. It's so phenomenal, and it's based on a true story. What I like most about it are the scenes inside the Gypsy Mafia house, the gangsters' houses. I think I may have some gypsy blood because I almost wish I could li could have lived like that. There's children running. It's like a large like compound of estates. There's the head of the clan, then his brothers, then his uncles, then the mother who's the, 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 you know, like behind it all. Then the children are running around. This guy's plotting to kill people with them threatening their lives on a couch and the children are running by him with, with toys. And he's like, get out of here, man. I'm doing business. He tries to, I can't believe what I'm watching. Dogs are running around. Cats are running around. I've never seen anything like it. Those people sure know how to live. I'll be right back. Savage. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. I pray there is a large margin of victory tonight. I do not want to see a long, drawn-out post-election media nightmare that benefits only the media moguls. Only Moloch benefits. Only those who own CNN and MSNBC benefit. ABC, CBS, NBC. They're the only beneficiaries of a long, drawn-out battle after the election. We, the people, have had enough of it. Now, of course, I hope that it's a silent majority that has gone to the poll today, which I hope it seems to be so, and that Trump comes out the victor. But then if you think that you're going to have a smooth sail after that, you're mistaken. There are groups that are secretly training the violent left for revolutionary tactics after the election. This story appeared on Breitbart last night. It was extremely well-researched. You have to read it. I linked it up on michaelsavage.com. There are top coup experts who have conducted coups around the world who've been training street vermin on revolutionary tactics ahead of tonight's vote. Take a look at it. It's one of the best stories I've ever seen. If we had a legitimate country, the FBI would break all the people who are training this violence. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 
We all know losing weight is tough, and with COVID lockdowns, many of you are probably experiencing weight gain. Well, uh, are you ordering too much takeout, heading for the snack cabinet too often, loading up on sweets? Are you lacking the energy you once did and wanting to drop a few pounds but not sure how to get started? Luckily, Nutrisystem is here to help you get back on track. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient with delicious meals delivered right to your door with little to no meal prep required. Their menu includes burgers, pizzas, and even snacks. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem offers perfectly portioned foods delivered right to your door. That means no shopping in busy grocery stores. With Nutrisystem, you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. The plan is clinically proven to put your body in fat-burning mode and helps you achieve safe and healthy weight loss. Nutrisystem helps you lose weight and learn how to keep it off. Order Nutrisystem now. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash savage and you're going to get 50% off. Nutrisystem.com slash savage. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, here we are, Hanging Chad's Part 2. <laughs> Let's hope not. That went on through to December, the year 2000. Remember that one, Hanging Chad's, through to December, year 2000. And I am praying for a large enough margin of victory tonight, hopefully for Trump, but a large enough margin of victory that we don't have a contested race that goes on for months. I can't live through it. I don't want it. I had enough. I want to get back to my life. I'm sick of it. The only victor for such a horrible outcome of another hanging chat is the, is the media. And we know the media is the problem. We all know that. The phone number here I can give you, but what's the point? As you would expect on a day like today, everyone wants to speak, and I don't blame you. Let me read you a few key stories that I linked up on the link to Michael Savage, which is michaelsavage.com, home of Borders, Language, and Culture. And if you have never gone on that website, would you please get used to going on it every day? Because that's where you're going to link up to my podcasts uh, come January, michaelsavage.com. I mean, you can get on any podcast site as now. But So here's some stories I found that we put up. Mystery Brit gambler bets $5 million on Donald Trump election victory in the largest political wager ever made. And almost all the bets coming in now, it's illegal to bet an election in America, legitimate you know, election, uh, vote, um, gamblers. But in England, it's perfectly legal. And so in many European countries, they gamble on elections. And in England, it's a big deal there over there. So a mystery gambler in England has bet $5 million on Trump winning tonight. It's the largest political wager ever made. They say that that's what they're getting out of, uh, let's say, you know, from down on the ground here. Democrats' early voting lead in Florida evaporates in first few hours of Election Day voting. That happened already this morning. The steal is on. Pennsylvania. Poll watchers denied access. Illegal campaigning at polling locations. There we go again. Uh, conservative news mogul Matt Drudge fires back at Trump, says his web traffic is at record level. It's a big story because the lie about Drudge's traffic 
was put out there by Bong, I heard, who is part of the Ozark media cartel. And they use Bong because he's the lowest hanging fruit of uh, the media cartel. You know, you know that they weren't going to use Squeaky the shyster to do it because Squeaky the shyster wouldn't want to have his fingerprints on such a hit piece on Drudge. So they used Bong, but uh, the traffic is, is, seems to be high. Now, I don't like the Drudge turned on Trump, and I've told you that I consider him a friend, and I will always consider him a friend. But you got to understand something, and I w- wish you could understand this. During the hearings for Amy Comey Barrett, she said a few things that really impressed me, and one of them was she said, I have friends who we, we disagree violently on political issues, but we're still friends. I said, that's the civility we need in this country right now. Do you understand that? Everyone should understand that. You can disagree with someone politically without hating them. You can disagree with someone politically without wanting to kill them, without wanting to to, to bury them or hurt them. So if I disagree with someone in the media because of his treatment of Trump or his stories are all anti-Trump, so what? He's still my friend. That's the way I see it. I put friendship before a person's politics. I've always been that way. To me, it's the human element that matters to me more than say who you, who you vote for it's the human element okay 855-407-282 there's a good story i want to lead you to the top 20 lies about trump's response to the covid19 pandemic great link again it's on my website and um i want you to see these stories i think they're good stories open borders bring terror to vienna buried by wolf uh, uh spritzer buried by uh, bill matzo over there on hbo won't cover it I don't. Did Laura Inkyham cover that story? She must have covered it. On, she wasn't allowed to cover it on Fox. Inkyham could not cover the Islamic terror attack in Austria. I don't believe that. Come on, Inkyham would have covered that. But then again, twenty percent ownership of News Corporation is an individual who practices, uh, you know, a little bit on that religious side. So they, they're not big on the terror stories on uh, on that channel. And it's one of the reasons I'm not ever seen there. Only those who play ball with uh, the power structure, you know. Now, if Biden wins, what happens? Does the world come to an end? Well, the world, as you know, it comes to an end. Chuck Schumer becomes Senate Majority Leader. I know we haven't talked much about what will happen politically, but let's throw it out there. If Biden wins, the smart money is telling me Schumer becomes the Senate Majority Leader. So what uh, the gobbler is now doing, that's Mitch McConnell from Kentucky, what the gobbler is now doing, uh, Schumer will be doing. Pelosi will continue to rule the house from the crypt on Pacific Heights with tubs of ice cream being thrown out of the window. She'll go on till 100, to age 100. She's, she, that woman impresses me in many ways. She's like an empress, not like a human being. She's a, a character out of an ancient Roman drama, Pelosi. Definitely empress-like. And uh, nothing, nothing affects her. She's, she'll be there until age 100. Imagine if you had Biden in the White House Schumer as Senate Majority Leader and Pelosi ruling the crypt in the House. Could you imagine the country you're going to live in? Forget about it. So uh, there are 10 reasons not to vote for Biden-Harris, and I have them on michaelsavage.com. It's my latest podcast from yesterday. And today's podcast, I don't even know what we're calling it yet. What should we call today's podcast? The World According to Michael or Election Day election day prognostication something along those lines our fight for america has just begun let's take some calls is what we're going to do uh dems in delaware voting for a trump vic what i don't get it kevin in delaware is saying what kevin you're in delaware right now what's going on hello dr savage thanks for taking the call yes uh, me and my wife we just voted a little while ago long lines in delaware 
we're registered Democrats, and we did vote for, for President Trump. And like you talked about earlier with the trains, it's like Christmas Day. We, we put in our Christmas list, and that was our Trump vote. Well, wait, wait, so you, you pulled up. You, in other words, you, you're registered Dems, or you registered as a Dem in order to trick them? No, no, no. We've been registered Dems for a little while now uh, over here in Delaware. And uh, I tell you, you know. It, it, so, so you threw them a curveball? They already counted your vote as, a, as one for Biden, but it was really in the bag for Trump? That, absolutely. We didn't get any calls. We normally get calls from candidates saying, oh, you need to vote for our candidate. They assumed we're going to vote for, for Biden. Oh, so they didn't bother calling you because they thought you were one of, the, uh, the, one of them that they owned. You were on the Dem plantation, they thought. Yeah, All right. Well, OK, that's tricky. So are you suggesting that you are not an anomaly, that there are many like you who have registered as Dems, but they're going to that they are, in fact, voting for, for Trump? And I tell you, standing in line, the long lines, looking around, everybody doesn't want to talk to one another. And normally they would say who they're voting for. Everybody was mum on who they were. Gonna- oh, they're afraid to even say Trump. You know, I noticed that in a suburban neighborhood that I go to, uh, that I have a property in, you'll see Biden-Harris signs, but you see no Trump signs, and that's because they're the violent ones, and they're and they're they're not afraid to show their hand because they're the violent ones, the ones who profess peace and love, and that uh, the orange man caused everything bad on the earth. Uh, They're the ones who have the Biden-Harris signs on their on their or stupid statements. I've never seen such idiocy. One day we'll awaken and like a bad nightmare, he will be gone. I never saw such stupid things as I'm seeing now. But you never see a Trump poster because they're afraid that the the vermin on the left will attack or burn their house down. That shows you that shows you that all you need to know about which party is the party of decent people. Well, are you hanging on the line hoping I give you a free copy of my book, A A Fight for America? Is that why you're hanging on so long? Absolutely. That's what I. Oh, well, you just got one. All right. Uh, take it away. Walk away, cocktail. Go ahead. Take it away. It's a shame Fisherman's Wharf is closed. They used to have people selling the. Take away. Walk away, cocktail. Take it away. Nothing. Gone. The whole city, the whole world is, is boarded up. You go to Fisherman's Wharf, it looks like a neutron bomb hit it. There's smoke coming out of one kettle and no one's there. Place I used to go to. I'd been there since the 1920s. This idiot mayor destroyed the whole city. How did they get this person to run this city? She never said one bad word about the bums who were defecating in a mailbox, exhibiting their private parts in front of restaurant windows. I never saw anything like it. But the minute COVID came, she closed the whole city down. That's, and, and Pelosi said nothing. Don't they ever go out to a restaurant? They must like restaurants. I used to see her occasionally up in North Beach Restaurant. And I would say, what chair did she sit in? I want it decontaminated. I will not go back in there. Once I walked in, the place is closed, North Beach Restaurant. Well, the ones after he passed away, it was not the same place. But I once I used to go in there. All the Democrat power structure used to eat in the back room. It was right out of like a movie scene. It was shocking. Like you go to the men's room and you walk in the wrong room. It's like your heart stopped. There was the entire Democrat power structure in the back of that restaurant. I was like, okay, hello, how are you? And those are the days, but not anymore. No one's the restaurants closed. It's boarded up. There's a chain on it. Like wood, there's wood and like graffiti on the, on the front of the restaurant. Now, everything that I liked is gone here. There's nothing here. So here we are, my friends. Um, let's take some calls on the Savage Nation. There's no breaking news. Anyone who tells you they know the results is lying to you. Anyone say, "Oh, we know what's going to happen." You don't know anything. Come on, Trump plots media empire. Murdoch, we welcome the challenge. That's a drudge job. Trump's going to open a media empire. That's that's speculation. If he loses. 
He called me. I'd probably do a show for him if he loses. I'd probably do a show for him, maybe. Who knows? I don't want to do anything. I just want to do a podcast. I don't really want to do it with a camera in the eye and the, the makeup making. How can you do that with lights in your eyes and not have it hurt, harm your health? Who could sit in front of lights day and night? And even when I do it, the thing I like about uh, Periscope is, okay, so I put the camera on. Even that I don't like that much. I like to cook, drink wine, and do a, a Twitter thing on, on Periscope where I'm giving you, like, views. I'm cooking food, and it's like dancing in the dish and I'm talking and cooking. And, you know, that I like to do. But to sit and just talk about politics, forget about it. What's going on now? White House slashes party guest list. Oh, every story is anti-Trump. Matt, what are you doing? Ex-Trump staffers flaunt their vote for Biden. I, I swear to God, I said the, the Drudge Report is so anti-Trump, it's become campy. I love reading it because it's so negative. How could you not enjoy seeing this? It's so crazy to the, to the left. It, it's enjoyable to see this. It's actually fun to look at. What's Matt going to do if he's wrong? That's what I want to know. I, I want to talk to him if, if he turns out that he's wrong tomorrow morning. I hope it'll take my call in the morning. How is he going to? President starts election day going on Fox News to complain about Fox News. Biden attends church, visits son's grave. That's very touching. It's a very smart campaign they're running. First, they kept the corpse in a basement. They kept the hologram in a basement from saying anything. And the longer he said nothing, the higher his numbers went. And the more Trump talked, the lower his numbers went. So figure that one out. So who's ever running the, the Biden campaign, they're stupid, they're not. So today they sent him to church. All of a sudden he's religious, him and Jill, you know, all the holy rollers with the cross, and the, 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 the ash, the whole thing, and, and get on the knees. He went to church. He believes in church like uh, Chaim Yankel believes in synagogue. Well, okay, then he visits his son's grave. That is as cynical as it gets. He has a son who died. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Son dies of cancer. Why does he go to the grave? That's to wash away the negative story about the, the Hunter story. That's all. Very cynical, very smart. Who did this? It's got to be, uh, what's the guy with it? The A on his name who worked for Obama? That smart guy from uh, Chicago, A. So I don't remember his name. He ran it. He'll be back again every other day. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? Not Adelson. Adelson gave many, a fortune to Trump. The guy ran Obama, the smart uh, Yachna from... A, I said his name starts with an A, not with a B. And no one remembers it anymore. Forget about it. But he worked for Obama. Smart as they come, a political operative. He's the one probably advising uh, Biden to go to church and visit a grave. Why didn't Trump go to go to church today with the, with the Bible, with, with Melania? He could have gone to church to get in. Well, he's got the evangelicals. I get it. Instead, he went to the church of Fox News. So he kicked off election day by phoning into Fox and Friends with host Brian Kilmeade and blah, blah, blah. And that was that. And then he attacked Fox and this and that back and forth. And that was it. Big deal. What else is in the news? Let me hit another. Let's make believe I'm doing a podcast. I read the Drudge Report in one minute. I read the Savage Nation in two minutes. I now go to Newsmax. Let's see what Ruddy is doing. Internal server error. I can't even get on it. Go to the New York Post. See what's on that site for you. Kaylee McKenney. McEnany, McEnany. I'm not good on Irish names. When there's an MC in front of a name, I don't know whether to say Mac or Mick. Because you say Mick, it's like a little bigoted. But I don't, I don't like to use the word Mick anything. They think you're putting down Irish. Kaylee McEnany makes landslide election prediction. Election, election prediction. She's nice. She's a good-looking girl. Glad she took the job. Uh, better than who was in there before. Who was in there before? I don't know who was in there. Uh, the guy that got beaten up by the cops? He was there before, right? The one who ripped off the money. I forget it. 
Courtney Kardashian. Oh. If I have to see one more story about a Kardashian, I swear to God, I'll break my computer. They're the ugliest people on the planet. How in the world could anyone, how can you see one more story about these, these, the ugliest women on the planet? They're a waste of human DNA, and I got to look at it. I can't go on this post anymore. Every day a story about these ugly, sick women. Why results in the, all the celebs claiming to leave the country? Boring. Boring. Can't look at it. Fired up and burned out. Trump rolls as media tries to drag Joe over the line. Okay, fine. This is the post. Man in China beats wife to death in the street while bystanders watch. Not a good story. Police in one city say suicides have increased more than 70% this year. That's horrible. Why are suicides up? In Wichita, Kansas? 70% increase in suicides? Well, it's a low number. As of Friday, the city recorded 76 suicides, up from 44 at the same time last year. It's a news headline. But still high. 44 used the gun compared to 30 last year. I like to read these horrible dark stories. Suicide's the worst thing you could do to yourself. Do you know why? Because it leaves a scar in your family for three to four generations. Most people know if someone in their family committed suicide going back like to three, four generations. It's a curse upon your, your descendants. Do not do it. First of all, you don't own your own body. God does. God didn't give you the body so you could abuse it that way. It's your property only while you're on the earth. Okay, you're going to pay for it in hell. It's the worst thing you can do. It's against the code of any religion on the planet. I'll be right back to tell you more about it. Not today. Savage. It is uh, absolutely true that millions and millions of Americans are casting ballots today and that the polls will close in just a few hours that's all anybody is interested in, as we should be. People say, what's the big deal? The fact is, what happens in this country, in this election, will affect relations with other countries and even events in other countries themselves. For example, if Biden and Harris win, this country's allegiance will shift to Iran. I didn't discuss that in any detail with you. They are going to shift away from the Sunni side of the Muslim debate or the Muslim quotient to the Shia side, and they're going to back Iran. They're going to go right back to backing Iran. It's a very big story that Trump did not exploit sufficiently, in my opinion. I'll be back to talk more about it right here on The Savage Nation. Savage. So now, Mr. Trump, let's talk about him for a minute. For those of you who think that he's the devil incarnate, is he perfect? No, not at all. He's a brash New Yorker, brash businessman, but so am I. And I think most of you conservatives have overlooked the warts to understand that he's the only choice we really have. We have no war. Never forget that one of the main reasons I backed him in 2016 is that because he was, to me, going to be a man of peace. Businessmen do not like war unless they're capitalizing on war. And he, of course, was not a businessman in the war business. And so I figured it would be better for world peace. He'd get us out of foreign entanglements, which he has done. The man has brought peace to the Middle East in a way I have never believed it could, could happen in my lifetime. Remember the age of Palestinians blowing up airplanes? Do you remember the age of constant terror attacks? More or less, they're not here anymore, and it's all because of the Trump administration. Now, what else did he do? He promised less regulation. That's what we have. In some ways, it's been great. In other ways, not great. I don't like the stripping of our environmental regulations. 
to the extent that wolves are being hunted and bears are being killed in their dens. But lower taxes, by and large, benefited the big corporations. I, as a conservative living in California, have been punished by the uh, tax bill that they passed by eliminating the ability to write off state taxes against federal taxes. I got punished very badly. And I even said that to them way back in 2016. But he's done other great things. He's implemented sentencing reform, giving equity to those charged with petty drug crimes. And uh, it's a smaller prison budget for taxpayers because so many people have been released. Not everyone's been released as a, as a bad person. Some of them are just petty drug dealers or petty. Or they got caught with marijuana. And I agree they should be released, relief from jail. What else has Trump done that's important to this country? He's appointed 200 conservative judges to the bench. 200 conservative judges appointed by the... See, they can't do anything about that. So even if Biden-Harris win, they have a real problem on their hands. And we're going to have a common sense reset in the judiciary for the next two decades, next 20 years. That's the long-standing impact, right? And when Biden, on the other hand, says... He's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. Take him on his words. Take him on his word when Biden says he's going to raise the capital gains tax rate to 40% and destroy the oil industry in our nation. Take Biden on his word. So all you Democrats listening to this show who are rich, you think that you're going to get something good out of voting for Biden? Get ready for the tap capital gains tax to go up to 40 and get ready for other things that are going to hit you in the pocketbook. What about Biden swearing he's going to raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour? What's going to happen? It's going to destroy the few rural small businesses that remain, put them out of business. And I mean the mom and pop coffee shop. They can't afford $15 an hour. Their margin is razor thin as it is. With COVID, most of them are going to be out of business. So now he's going to come along and sound like a big schmendrick. I have $15 an hour. And what's that going to do? The diner will close down. What else? Biden swears he's going to expand Medicaid so it's available to anyone who wants it. And that will compete with private insurance companies. And what's that going to do? Drive more businesses away. And what about Kamala Harris? She said she's going to end cash bail. And what's that going to be do to us? Well, it's going to give us a criminal justice system like the one she helped build in California. It will eliminate an entire sector of small businesses along the way, meaning the cash bail businesses. They'll be gone. If elected, Harris and Biden will tax, regulate, and mandate that many millions of small family-owned businesses go into bankruptcy. That's what happened. Harris has never run a business. She will destroy millions of businesses in this country. Okay? Now, most of us have trouble with the tweeting of Trump. Most of us don't like the bellicose nature of Trump's style. I get that. He should have stopped it a long time ago. And Biden's acting the more presidential. But I think at this time, if you haven't voted, I want you to understand we have to put style second and substance first. It was an old textbook in the English classes that I took many years ago. It was called Style and Substance in Writing. I think we need to put substance before style. And although Biden has a good style right now, of the friendly guy is going to bring us all together. It's a complete act. That's all it is. And we need to preserve the free market for our children, grandchildren, and the nation itself. And we need to vote for Donald Trump for that reason. We got to get into this fight more so than we already have. Most of you have already voted. The polls are going to close in only a few hours on the East Coast and a few hours more on the uh, West Coast here.
And I want you to understand there's a huge different difference between style and substance. And the people behind Biden are very, very brilliant in how they ran his campaign. I cannot say the same for the Trump people. I will not say they did a good job. I think they did a horrible job. The only reason Trump is rising today is because of himself, not because of his campaign staff. They're awful. They're horrible. Uh, most of them were grifters who just simply uh, took as much money as they could off the top. They just sucked as much money out as they could. They did not give him a cogent mes- message other than stop socialism. You know, in 2016, he ran on a strong message, basically that was built around borders, language, and culture without using those three words. I know it for a fact. I spoke with one of the chief architects of his campaign in the January after his victory. I was in my house in Florida. He was passing through and he visited with me and he said, Michael, we read your books. You're the godfather of Trumpomania. We know it. We read all your books and we boiled them down to campaign messages and we all know it. Everyone knows it, including the president. There was no such cogent messaging in this campaign other than stop Biden because of this, stop Biden because of that, stop Biden because of his son. That was not a good enough message, in my opinion. It could have been much stronger if it was built around a more nationalistic messaging, such as we need to close the borders firmly this time. We need to overcome the Democrats. We cannot afford to have them a flooding in this country, especially with a down economy, and especially in the time of COVID. We can't afford this open borders. Borders. We need to reinforce the culture of this nation. This nation is built on its culture. Every nation has a culture. If you ask Spain what their culture is, they can name their authors, their poets, they can name their, uh, their, their heroes of the nation. That's culture. And then there's the language. Take Spain again. I'm, I'm jumping to Europe. The language, the national language is Spanish. It's not Arabic. So if you said to a Spaniard, how do you define your nation? It would be, well, our borders, language, and culture. The same with any nation on earth. Go to Turkey. Ask the Turks if they don't know what their national language is. Ask the Turks if they don't know their, 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 their history. And some of it's horrible with what they did to the Armenians, the slaughter of the Armenians. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of men, women, and children locked in churches that were set afire. And it was all done because... The Turks had made a disastrous error, the leader of Turkey at the time, in the early days of World War I, and he needed a scapegoat, and he blamed it on the Armenians the same way Hitler blamed the Jews. And so there have been terrible things in these countries, but nevertheless, these nations all understand that their nations are defined by borders, language, and culture. Which brings us back to Donald Trump. I don't think his message was strong enough on those key points. And uh, then there's the issue of the deficit. When the president was on my show, of course, he had no choice but to, to print money, basically, to keep people going. I mean, let's be clear. I would have taken it, too, if I needed it. I mean, I'm not, you know, if I needed the money, if I was out of work and I had a wife and two kids and we weren't working, I would gladly take the PPP money. What do you think? I'm too proud for it? I would have had, the government would have helped me. It helped my father during the Depression or I, he wouldn't have had a family. That he took a job. He didn't just give him cash in those days. They took jobs. I mean, there's plenty of jobs that could be created by the government, but none of them were done here. They should have done jo- jobs projects here instead of just giving them a, a check to sit on their fat behinds at home. You know how many local restaurants I went to here that were closed or just doing takeout? And I would ask, when are you reopening? They'd say, we can't get anyone to work for us because they make more money staying home than they were making here as a waiter. Could you believe the story? People stayed home. They couldn't even get their old staff to come back. They st- stayed home and they got a nice check to sit home and watch Oprah Winfrey. That's all. 
or whatever they do. I don't know. But you can't give people money to do nothing. Well, that's what happened. And I don't think there was a choice, frankly. There was not enough time to create a works progress administration like my father took the job, as I said. I don't even know how he got the job during the Depression. He worked. He became a driver as a young guy for a congressman or something, an assemblyman from New York. I don't even know how he got. How did he get a job? He didn't know anyone. I don't even know how that worked. Poor kid, immigrant. He got a government job, but they didn't just give him a check. He drove. He drove some assemblymen around. He used to tell me stories. I didn't even, remember, didn't even listen to them. He drove them to Saratoga Springs, and the, Congo, the assemblymen would go in places and do stuff. He didn't explain to me. I figured out years later what he meant by he'd go in places and come out and go in and come out, and then he'd go out and come in. Then he'd drive them somewhere else. He'd go in, he'd come out and go out and come in. And that's, that's what he, he drove him around. He was a chauffeur, but it was a government job. That's how they kept the country alive during the FDR years. So I understand that people need to feed themselves and their family. I get it. So what choice did Trump have? And to blame him, by the way, for the epidemic is a complete lie, a total lie. And if you don't believe me, then please study the facts before shooting your, Twitter, your tweet off. Uh, there was a wonderful artic- article on this, and I want to find it on my website. I don't know if it's still there. Here it is. The top 20 lies about Trump's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. I won't read it to you. You can read it yourself if you care about the truth. And uh, he did everything right. There was nothing he could have done differently and nothing that any Democrat would have done differently. In fact, I'll tell you something else. If we had had a Democrat in power in the presidency when this first hit, there would have been more people dead. And the, the epidemic would have been a lot worse by now because he wouldn't have closed travel down from China at all. Don't you remember when Trump closed down the travel from China? In February, what they said about him, that he was a racist, he was a xenophobe. Don't you remember the lie? And and, and Pelosi again marching around Chinatown telling you to eat dim sum. But you believed it because the power of Wolf Spritzer, Rachel Madcow, Bill Matza, and Jay Crapper is is all-powerful. Whatever Jay Crapper says and Wolf Spritzer says, you believe? Whatever Rachel Madcow sneers about, that's the truth? So if Rachel Madcow says he caused the disease, you believe it? Bill Matza gets up there on uh, whatever he's on there on HBO with the with the smooth vaudevillian act that he has. You believe what Bill Matza says? One day he's on the left, the next day he's on the right. It's like Howard Stern with the wig. How can you believe anything? I don't care if Howard Stern makes a billion dollars a minute. It doesn't matter to me. He's a dirtbag. He's a filth. He's exactly everything wrong with America. He's the kind of person who brings about a revolution in the country from the degeneracy. So Howard Stern, a 70-year-old Jewish guy with a wig, and you're going to believe a word that comes out of his mouth that he wears a filthy wig on his head? How in the world can you believe anything these people say? See, he was a supporter of Trump when it was convenient for him to have him on the Stern show. And then all of a sudden he saw which way the wind blew, that goofball. And all of a sudden, Mr. Wig turns against Trump. Oh, I, how can my stupid friends vote for Trump? Because he saw which way the wind blew. That's all. So you're going to believe these people, these celebrities? How can you believe a word they say? Now you say, well, what about on the right? Well, I'm not allowed to say that right now. I get in trouble if I talk about Squeaky the Shyster or, or uh, Mickey Mouse on Laughing Gas or Laura Inkyham or Porn Vanity. I don't want to talk about them. I don't even want to mock them in any way. I'll do that in January. When I have a podcast, you'll hear more about the Vanity, Shyster, Laughing, and, and Inkyham if I want to. I'm not going to spend my time talking about them, but if any of them do something that I think is worth a mad comic approach to it, I'll do it because it's a different format. And then we'll do other stuff on the podcast as well. Uh, I don't know about guests. Who knows? I'm not not Joe Rogan. 
A guy gets, you know, a guy bangs his head so many times in a ring. What do you expect from him? With all the bubbles building up in the brain, you expect what you get. Another genius became a podcast maven. Millions of people go on for what? What they smoke marijuana with with uh, Musk? I met Musk once. I was in the White House. Now that I think about it, he was in there with some guy. He was trying to peddle something to the government. You know, he's a super salesman. I was in like a, a vestibule in a big thing, a vestibule waiting to go in to see the press. And lo and behold, there is like the famous Musk with security like I never believed. Who would bring two security people that looked like they were from central casting inside the White House where there's the best security in the world? I never saw such arrogance in my life. I'll be back to tell you no more about that right here on the Savage Nation. Savage. It is the Savage Nation. We do not know who's going to win, but there are prognosticators prognosticators out there who think they do. Here is one named Alan Lichtman. He's a university professor at American University. He was on Fox News today. And he called every election since 1984, and he predicted that Trump would win in 2016. He's no doubt a liberal. And he's been right since 1984, and he said that Biden will win. He said, in essence, is governing, not campaigning that counts. Now, I'm not here to argue with him. I'm not here to support him. I don't know what's going to happen. But he gave us a list of six or more keys that he has used in his analysis going back to 1984. And basically, he's saying what I think is true, which is prior to the COVID event, Trump would have been a shoo-in. There were only four keys against him, and that was changed as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and its resultant economic crisis as well as the riots sparked by the death of George Floyd. Again, Trump did not cause either of these things, but an incumbent always gets blamed. And when you're a president, you get credit for the sunshine and the blame for the rain, said Professor Lichtman. And he said it's raining pretty hard on America right now. Do you agree or disagree with him? We'll find out tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow to pick up the pieces right here on the savage nation if you want to hear the whole podcast right after the show the westwood one podcast network